Welcome to the Live Your Dance podcast. My name is Molly King, and I'm a former corporate working girl turned author, dancer, and coach. Each week we come together to celebrate someone who has found their metaphorical dance and listen to their insights in order to inspire you to find and live your dance. Thanks for tuning in and joining me today. Now, let's dance. excited to have you listening in today and this episode is all about a good friend of mine Christina Spear who lives and plays professional volleyball in Germany. So the interview actually took place last fall when I was in Germany so I got to sit down with her in her living room and just dive into all different topics from the almost bankruptcy of her team, what it takes and just a whole myriad of topics. So I'm really excited that you're here. I'm so excited that I got to talk with Christina and I hope you like it. Here we go. I'm here in Germany in Zoom with Christina Spear, my good friend. Um, and Christina and I actually went to high school together and college and played volleyball in both high school and college together. And did we play basketball together? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. I only played one year. That's right, I benched. It was awesome. Um, (laughs) But you definitely did good things in both sports. Um, Christina has been inspiring to watch throughout all of her time that I've gotten to know her. Um, I can remember when (laughs) we we're playing volleyball in high school and we would have like the team would conspire different ways to try to get her to call for the ball or it would just yell at her to call for the ball because she was so quiet and shy at that point that she <laughs> wouldn't even call for the ball no. or um or I've heard stories of how you would go eat your lunch by yourself in a classroom yeah. so that you didn't was it so you didn't have to go socialize no I would just I don't remember I would, <laughs> I enjoyed being in the library by myself or doing homework by myself. And it was quiet then, which has been nice, yeah. I'm sure. That's, yeah. Well, you still like I still enjoy your study time. My time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but what's fun is that I've also gotten to see you go from playing volleyball and basketball and crushing it in college to actually getting to pursue that as a job, even though you had, were also successful in your triple major, you were a mathematics, computer science, and Spanish major. And now you're fluent in Spanish, English, and German after being here for five years. Mm -hmm. Um, So tell me a little bit about, I mean, we'll go over a lot, but tell me first just about that process of getting to the end of college and then thinking about going pro or what does that even, is that even like (laughs) conceivable as a college graduate to be like, I'm actually going to go, I mean, you tell me. (laughs) It became a bit of my dream but after my freshman year of college it wasn't even on my radar (laughs) before then like people had said even in middle school um, in particular with basketball um, they would tease me and say like yeah when you're in the WNBA I want tickets to your your games yeah sure okay sure (laughs) never even crossed my mind that that was possible and then I was playing um 
I was working out in the summers for volleyball with um, with Plyo City in St. Louis, and one of the guys that was helping to run it that year um, mentioned to me, he was from Yugoslavia, and he's like, you know, if you worked hard, you could go pro after school, after college, and play in Europe. Like, it was mind-blowing to me, because I <laughs> had never heard of professional volleyball leagues. I had no idea that they existed in Europe. Wow. I that wasn't part of my experience anyway. And then to be told, not only do these things exist, but you could make it there. Yeah. You, that's and actually possible. That was just like, huh, that's awesome. <laughs> and I'd always wanted also to travel to other countries and knew probably with a triple major and a two sport focus in college that that probably wasn't going to fit into my college plans to do a study abroad. Right. So I knew that, I sort of wanted to do that after college, maybe see, keep it in mind, see if it fit in or not. And so the combination of those two was like, oh my goodness, this is my new dream. This is what I want to do. <laughs> this fits and feels right. And so that was that became my focus. I talked about it with our, um, our college coach, Marianne Sprague, and like, okay, so we kept it in mind. <laughs> she helped uh, find the contacts for it. I continued working in summer with Plyo City every summer um, and playing with, I made a bunch of friends from St. Louis University and we played all summer long together and uh, that just got me ready for it. And then after school it was like, okay, we'll try it. <laughs> so what does that even, I mean, I remember you were in the gym all the freaking time, like, which is really neat to see too, just in and of itself. I mean, you are probably one of the hardest working people I've ever met. And getting to a room with you was just, it was cool. I mean, to see what it takes to be a triple major. But, like, you did it with such joy. I feel like you were, I would come back to the room and, <laughs> and this one time, I already mentioned this to you, but, um, but I had this distinct memory of walking in and seeing you sitting on the edge of your bed, facing your desk, and you were reading a C++ um, textbook. And I asked if it was for one of your classes, and you're like, no, it's just for fun. <laughs> It's like, oh, she has time for free reading and she reads textbooks. Okay. <laughs> She's of her own breed, which is yes. beautiful. And it's obviously helped yeah. you get to where you are. But oh. was it hard at all to to even conceive of going after a sport when you have, you know, quote unquote, solid, you know, options in terms of what you majored in? I chose my majors not based on what I wanted to do after college, but because I couldn't decide which one I liked better to study. <laughs> and so that's why I picked all three of them, because I was like, well, I really do want to study math, and I want to study computer science, and I want to continue my study of Spanish. And I couldn't pick one that was my favorite to focus on, or even two. I was like, no, I want all three in my life. And I loved my classes in, in college. Um, because of that, and I, I loved the work that went into it. Um, I enjoyed also, I didn't have many free classes, so I overloaded and took some extra courses and took ones that I thought were interesting. And so even the couple of history classes that I got in or religion class here or there that I got in were fascinating to me. Oh, that's cool. So you were, I mean, I feel like you really took your education under your own, I forget what the English word, how we say it, under your own power. Yeah. I mean, you just, you really went after it. And it was one of the bonuses of being at such a small liberal arts college at Principia College was that I could really make my 
my whole study plan to fit me, to fit, it fit my schedule, it fit my sports schedule, it fit the schedule for the three, three majors, the faculty yeah, and staff true. all work to, <laughs> to accommodate me. That's true, because we know. had games that would conflict and... Yeah. Or I would have pretty... classes that would conflict and they're like, okay, sure, you can take this one as an individual, that's, independent. That's so nice. You know. Yeah, that support is huge. Um, so tell me, take me through, like you graduated and then how on earth does someone become pro in Europe? I mean, just, it doesn't happen. It doesn't just happen. <laughs> so yeah, what was your, your transition? Well, in the, as during my four years, Marianne, our coach had been at a coaching conference and she'd talked with other coaches to see, okay, how does it work? How is it possible? And she'd come up with a contact for me, one of the, an agency that represents quite a few Americans in the European leagues. And so we got in contact with him, and through that, ended up okay. He told us, this is how it works. Come August, after graduation, there's a big fire sale in Slovenia. Um, they had it that year, and everybody just comes in for two weeks, and there'll be coaches and scouts from all over Europe there, and... And this is anyone who wants to, or is it just Americans, or...? It's mostly Americans, but there were also, I think... There was one girl from New Zealand there and maybe a couple Canadians or something like that. Um, but mostly Americans that are looking to, to see if they can get a job over here playing mm-hmm. volleyball. Whoa. So, so it's like one big audition for is. the part of a role on someone's team. Yeah. Okay. Came here, had really no idea what to expect other than it was like, okay, you'll be here for two weeks. That's all you knew. No. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so... Got to this little hotel in Marbor, Slovenia, showed up there, and met, there were probably about 30 girls there. And you were by yourself, right? By myself, didn't know anybody there. Didn't speak Slavic? Nope, didn't, didn't speak any language that I could, didn't speak any German. I flew into um, Austria when I got in, and then had to take the train from Austria down to Slovenia. (laughs) Had really... Figure it out. Yeah. (laughs) And then taking a taxi from the airport in Slovenia, or from the train station in Slovenia to the hotel and trying to figure out how that works and everything. We got to the hotel, met the girls, everyone was really fun and just almost on an adventure type of thing. Yeah, I bet. And, uh, yeah, then the next day we started practicing and immediately it was, there were coaches and scouts from all over. We talked with Ones from Germany, from Denmark, from Austria, from, yeah. And that was only the ones that were there the first night. Like the ones from Spain came a couple of days later, I think, or from, yeah. So was it, were there practices that were being run, or did you do scrimmages that they could start to see you guys play? We did or... practices at first, and then as the week went on, they had they would put together some teams to, just so that you could scrimmage as well. And they would scrimmage some of the local teams um, that were also searching maybe for players. Oh. Um, I didn't actually experience too much of that. <laughs> so, yeah, what happened with you and your... Did you start so, to have conversations with people, or...? We did a little bit. There was... Uh, one of the c- coaches had brought a couple of her girls that had also been from, through the fire sale a couple years earlier, and they were both Americans, and so she brought them with her, and they were able to talk to us and say, okay, here's what to expect with mm. a team, um... Some of the expectations of, okay, you're foreigners, you're going to be treated as star players, as, like, you need to carry a lot of teams. Um, wow. Yeah. It's interesting to see their to see their experience and stuff and what they had 
experienced in their couple of years, but at the same time, you still really didn't have a feel for what it was going to be like. <laughs> yeah. Because it's different with every team and every country and every league. And, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then we we practiced Monday night was our first practice. Tuesday morning we practiced and we'd done some mostly positional work. And I'd done... I'd, I'd um, trained a little bit as an outside because in college I was an outside hitter mostly. Um, but then I'd also... Uh, did some positional work as a middle yeah. uh, at the tr- at the practice and before the practice one of the one of the coaches from from Austria actually is like I want to talk to you <laughs> don't talk to anybody else yet wow and uh, immediately after that practice though or maybe she talked to me the night before but then after that practice Tuesday morning the agent called me over is like here's the here's a scout from Germany we want to talk with you sat down and talked to me and like. We want to take you back to Germany for a tryout. I'm leaving this afternoon. This was at 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning. It's like, I'm leaving this afternoon at 1 or 2. And this was like the Tuesday? And this was the second day I was there. (laughs) We'd had two practices. (laughs) Whoa. Yeah. And what's going through your head at that point? I was pretty much in shock. Um, It's like, okay. Um, Didn't, had, I had no idea what if the league in Germany was any good? Yeah. If the offer they were giving me was any good, if they're like, this is not a good idea, is it a good idea, is it a bad idea, is it anything? <laughs> um so afterwards I talked briefly with the agent by myself and it's like just like, is this a good offer? Like what what would you what do you yeah, think? What's the real deal? I was like, Well, it's a good offer. We can't guarantee that you'll get a better offer this week. Um I'd go for it. It's like, okay. So I pretty much made my decision at that point. <laughs> Tried in the next couple of hours to scramble around, repack, try and contact my parents, which um, was a bit difficult. Oh yeah, the time changed everything time, too. Time change. I was having troubles connecting. I couldn't get connected to the internet, and I didn't have a cell phone. Oh. Uh, that was working really well. So I, I managed really briefly... I think to either write a message or have a two minute conversation perhaps like just to tell my parents that I'm going to Germany this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Talk so then the, yeah, taking risks and yeah. making things happen. So I got into a car with the strange scout from a German team that oh I met that gosh. morning and we drove from from Slovenia to Austria and then he had booked a, managed to book a plane ticket. For me, and we flew then from from Austria back to Germany, and dropped me off at the hotel eleven o'clock at night, German hotel by myself. So wow. gave, gave me an envelope with a couple couple hundred euros in it. It's this like, sounds so sketchy. <laughs> if it weren't for the fact that I know you're okay, so yeah. keep going. I was like, here's my phone number. Wrote it down We're using German numbers, which it was rather messy handwriting and doesn't. I wasn't used to seeing ones as like oh, mountain tops. Yeah, it's like a seven. It looks like a seven. Right? His looked like upside down V's. Oh yeah, yeah. that's not a one at all. Oh. <laughs> Germans. So that was funny. He's like, "Yeah, there'll be some girls to pick you up at nine in the morning to go running." I'm like, "Okay, super." <laughs> Let's do this. And did he speak English? Spoke some English, yeah. Some English. Okay, yeah, so, so you got in a car with a man who kind of speaks English. Yeah, so he spoke some English, so we could communicate. But yeah, I didn't speak a single word of German. Wow. It, 
I came over hoping maybe to go to like Spain or something like that since I had having studied Spanish. Or my backup plan was two weeks of training and then if I don't find anything, I'll go travel for three months in Europe. <laughs> yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> it kind of got extended. It so. got extended a little bit. Five years later. Yeah. Um, so, so you basically you got onto that team. Is yeah, that I was there for um, Thursday evening that week. The so I trained Wednesday with them, trained Thursday with them twice a day, and uh, then the coach called me over Thursday night after practice. Like, yep, we want to keep you. We want to offer you a job. I'm like, okay, all right, sure. let's do this. <laughs> I'll stay. So. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I I have a feeling that's not everyone's experience at the fire sale. No. But no. Pretty amazing that that was your your experience for sure. So, um, give me kind of the overview of the last five years. You stayed with that team for for two years. So okay. I played. I played in Aachen for for those two years, and then uh, then I transferred to Zool, where I've been for the last three years. Okay. And now heading into my fourth season here. And uh, yeah. Wow. So what would you say? You know, through through your years here, I mean. Because that's something I thought about a lot, too, especially with dance. It's like, if I were to go 100% into dance, you know, would I just start kind of going begrudgingly because it's now my job versus something I love to do? Um, and now that you get paid for it and you have trainings two times a day and you have games all the time, and, I mean, is this something that you still feel like you enjoy going every day? Or is it old and you're like, or I mean, I'm sure it's not old, but are there days that it's hard to get up out of bed and go to practice? Very rarely. Like, I just, I love it. I get excited to see my team. I get excited to be in the gym, even if it's an individual practice and I'm the only one there with the coach. <laughs> and just, I don't know, I just love playing. I love being there. I love the expression of it. And sure, there's days where you're tired or something like that. You don't want to get out of bed. Or, but at the same time, like, oh, wait, I get to go to practice. In it's, Germany, I get, yeah. Yeah, so it's very rare that it's, I don't want to go to practice. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's that's a really special thing, I think. I don't know if a lot of people have that or even know that that exists. <laughs> so I think it's good to, yeah, that that's possible, that you can love, even though you're doing, you know, you're running drills every day, and like tonight you said it was just serve or seed, but it's, you still love it. Yeah. Yeah. What 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 would you say has been kind of your biggest challenge while being over here? There's been a few of them. Um, I one of the biggest ones for me is just in general uh, dealing with frustration of dealing with feeling like not making progress or not making enough progress mm. um, personally. Um, There's a little. It took some transition. I came from being. On a, on a in a smaller school and stuff like that on a smaller team and being big fish um, big fish in a little pond yeah. feeling um, to become to being little fish in a very big pond and having worked especially after a couple of years like my first season was learning a new position um, because once once I got hired I was as, as a middle blocker and so I had to learn learn a new position on the court mm. um, so I put in that work and had seen some progress there my second year we were only two middles and so I was guaranteed playing time that's exciting um, which was nice yeah, yeah. Um, but even then it was sometimes like 
I have a tendency to to put a bar somewhere above me and want to reach it and not always feel like I'm reaching where I should be. Hmm. And uh, and then once I moved teams, I was always the third middle blocker in line for two middle blocker spots. Gotcha. And so not seeing the court very often. And even though I knew that I was getting better and making progress, and I also knew that the other two middle blockers ahead of me were, were good middle blockers. Yeah. Um, but then for for a couple of years, it was really for several years, uh, for more years than just a couple, of not seeing the court and not seeing that playing time increase. Uh, certainly there were days where I was like, just overwhelmed <laughs> and frustrated with it. Yeah. And, uh, so, I mean, for, if that's a few years that you were feeling, I don't know, plateauing is the right word, but, you know, not seeing the progress you want to, I mean, yeah, were there days when you were like, maybe I should just go home, or what am I doing here, or, I mean, what were the doubts that came up, and what kind of kept you coming back and staying here, actually? Certainly had feelings of, like, I can't do anything on the court. <laughs> yeah. Um, where just, there would be days where nothing went right, be it serve, be it block, be it attack, be it any, yeah. any point of any of the game. It was like, what am I, what am I doing here? It's just, I can't do anything right. And, uh, but I think even, even as I was thinking that, I was like, wait a second. Yeah. And I certainly, there were plenty of days, plenty of nights where I indulged myself in that feeling of, I can't do anything. What am I, what the world? Yeah. What, sure. Yeah. But at the same point, I know the feeling of love and the feeling of joy and the feeling of excitement that just comes from playing hmm. and comes, and I get it in training too. Like I love going to training, not because, not necessarily to get ready for a match, but just the to play yeah. and to play in training as well and and so that was enough for me yeah. yeah yeah I think I've noticed that with some of the best people that I've in whichever field but the best of the best enjoy the training and they don't practice just for the performance or mm -hmm. just for the big things I mean it's it's a daily embracing of the practice which I think is I mean you've done that all the way through, yep. which I think is definitely key to to this recipe. But, yeah, so now, do you feel like you've moved through that? Are you, where do you feel like you are now? I feel like I've definitely grown um, and moved a little bit to, like, the doubts still come up occasionally, but being able to see through them. Hmm. faster or see not wallow in the oh it's not going right yeah I'm just like the woe is me oh wait yes you can you know how to do this hmm. stop it <laughs> <laughs> just stop being ridiculous right yeah now. I know that feeling too yeah. well what would you would you just say that takes time of of having successes or was there a mental shift for you where you said okay I know I'm capable I'm here for a reason and I am you know, acknowledging yourself to that extent, yeah. or how do you think people, how does that become cultivated? I think for me it was more of a mental shift, because 
all along. I knew that I'd I'd shown up for practice every day. I'd done everything, and it was and it was very clear that it wasn't actually a skill problem ever. Mm-hmm. It was very much just a mental block of yeah yeah of just getting myself out of the way, Ooh. and and focusing on that more like getting out of myself a little bit more, getting out of that focus, relaxing, <laughs> and just letting it, letting the stuff that I know how to do come out. Okay. So when you say let, um, getting myself out of the way, it's getting those, like, stories of I can't and the yeah. egos. I mean, not that you're an egotistical person, but, like, those. But getting all of that junk yeah. out of the way. That's very, yeah. I think that's very helpful. I definitely know it's been, I'm on a similar road with writing, so the more I get myself out of the way and I focus on my team or my bigger reasons why I'm doing yeah. it, what would you say is your why for playing volleyball? Like, what is it about it that just, like, lights you up about it? It just, when I think about it, think about playing and the freedom and the joy that it expresses and just it is just it's for me it's an expression of, of pure joy and I just love like I get really excited about it <laughs> I think you can see it yeah. it may totally. not come over like yeah. I'm not able to, to put it in words necessarily but I think people see it and I, I know people see it also when they see me on the court oh, because a, a lot of people comment in on it yeah it just I just love doing it, and I love sharing it. Hmm. And I mean, I can remember you in the, um, like, before our games in the team room, like, everyone would be sitting down, but Christina <laughs> was, like, in the corner, like, bouncing on your toes, like, too excited to sit still, like, oh my gosh, we have a game, oh my gosh. <laughs> and it could have been an important game, it could have been the, like, no one's, like, we already knew we had it, but... I mean, I just remember you've had that joy absolutely, like, surging through you mm-hmm. since then. So it's, I can still see it, obviously. It's... And that's also been an important thing. When I've felt, when I've gotten down, when I've gotten frustrated, when I felt like I've lost maybe that, whether it happened, whether it's with basketball or volleyball or anything, it's like, wait a second, no, you still love it. And I, and I knew that in my head, too. It's like, it's not, that's not possible for you to have lost that. And so then I then I start to focus more on just having and just enjoying it, having the fun, focusing on that aspect of it. And then it clears up very quickly. Yeah. And becomes more versus the joy. technical let me focus on my skill work or something. It's versus the very cramped Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Um, you were telling me earlier about the the bankruptcy that your team went through actually last spring. Can you tell me about that again? Just, I mean, it sounded like all doors were starting to shut in your face. And, yeah, take me through, like, what that was like, what the thought process was, you know, the fears that come up, and obviously you're still here playing, so things have worked out, but... Yeah, okay, so we had a pretty... We had a bit of a rough spring and summer um, this last year, we were, we had known that the club was facing financial difficulties, or at least that things were a bit tight, but we didn't know how bad it was. Um, 
they had kept that very private within the higher higher ups of the of the club. Even our coach had no idea. Oh, wow. And we were going into one of our last matches of the season. Um, I think we were even either directly heading into the postseason tournament or even a couple uh, matches into the postseason tournament. And they came to us before practice one day, sat us down, and said, the club is bankrupt and we're not applying for a license for next season. Oh, wow. Which basically means you which, have no job, right? Which basically, yeah. Okay, so they need to apply for a license to play in the first league. None of our contracts are um, valid outside of the first league. Oh, wow. And so many of us had been looking at, like, we'd had a decent season, um, lots of ups and downs, but we had a little, we had a small core of the team that were, was looking at coming back and we could really build off of it and have a, have a good season. Um, this year. And then all of a sudden, they even started talking to some of the players um, about next season, not really specifically, but you knew, you had an idea of who they wanted to ask back and who not, or at least who the coach wanted to have back. And um, yeah, and that then changed everything. Yeah. Because they're like, we're not applying for a license where you're like, okay, even if you we're going to look for a new club. Generally, your old club is at least still a fallback option if you don't find anything else. Yeah. And that really just pulled the rug out from everyone's feet. Um, and so, they ended up, um, went th through a lot of hard work on a lot of people's uh, parts, managed to restructure the club, um, throw out some of the higher-ups and get <laughs> new ones in, and wow. uh, managed to found, they they scrapped the old corporation that handles the finances for the first first league team in our club, um, founded a new one of those, got all, got enough sponsors to found a new one. Wow. Um, managed to work with the league to pay all the fines that had been accumulated and pay to actually or applied for the license got with an extension and stuff like that so that it because oh the other thing was that they told us the day of or the day before the deadline for applying for licenses for first league what yeah so they really set you up for a not good situation yeah um Wow. So somehow you were able to so, get that license. Yeah. So there was an extension for applying for the license with a penalty, but we were able to, to pay all the fines, get it. Mm -hmm. um, it helped that they there aren't any teams that in the second league that want to come into first league because of finances and stuff like that. So there was an open space, which allowed for that, dead, for that extension for us to, to apply. That's huge. So we managed to meet that, and then... You can imagine what searching for sponsors was like in the summer, like, Man. and trying to meet that, and uh, so trying to find sponsors that were willing to stand behind us, um, to even have a budget for, for this season. Um, so yeah, not only paying fines, but setting yourself up so you can actually pay for this season. the players and the. I mean, there's yeah. so much that goes into it. So, 
you're able to get those things in line, but then was it right. easy then to say, all right, let's start the season, or? No, it was, it, the restructuring took quite a bit of time, finding the, finding the sponsors, and for a long time it felt like we were getting new information and sometimes contradictory information every day, if not every hour. Wow. Um, and it would... So sometimes it seemed like it was going well, and then you'd hear news from somebody else, like, no, it's not going well at all. And so it was, it was difficult. Um, not many players chose to stay with the team. I can imagine. Because, um, of course, they were at, right at that time, you're looking for, for finding the security of where you're going to play for the next season. And, um, yeah, you want the security of, okay. I need a paycheck. I need a paycheck for the yeah. year, and... I don't want to go through it again. Yeah. Like, if they did it to me once, will they do it to me again? Um, so but yeah, I think, even trusting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we managed to do it. We had had some extra stipulations from the from the league as far as meeting, uh, covering, have, show, proving that we covered all of our needs for this season. Um, we had certain deadlines, like at the end of August. We had to show that we had our entire budget up to that point covered. Wow. Um, That's not a small feat, I'm sure. No. So definitely there was quite a bit of stress getting up to that dead point, but deadline. But we met it, proved it, and uh, were able to move on. Wow. Able to find players. It's a small team. Yeah. There's nine players on the team. Um, most of the summer we were like, or in preseason we were like, we've got eight players. Then it was down to seven. We had practices with four players. Wow. In the gym, um, you need at least six to be on the court, but you need even, seven to play because of the barrel. Yeah, you need that so, sub. Yeah, and then if anyone were to ever get injured, you need right. Yeah, a week, a week and a half bench. before the season, we were still only six players, seven players in practice, one middle, no options for substituting other than <laughs> our setter, and uh, yeah, so it wasn't even le- we weren't even legal to play anywhere uh, wow. because we only had one middle. So you've gone um, through all that work, and then you still aren't yeah like game ready. But in in the week and a half or a week before the season started, got two new players that we'd found fit in. They fit in immediately. Wow. Um, in our first match, they both were on the court making points, making important points. Um, yeah, and so it's worked out step by step. Yeah. Holy cow! It's been quite the <laughs> quite the experience, but even with it all. I found for me personally, I've I felt very much a sense of peace and a sense of confidence that it would all work out. Where does that come from, though? Because, I mean, it's not like anything you were experiencing or hearing. I mean, obviously there were girls who chose not to come back because of the situation. And yet, right. throughout the situation, you were... Were you committed to being here regardless? Or what was... No, I, I did my own look, looking in the summer um, for other offers. And, but things just seemed to be working, working out here was the best offer that I'd found. Um, some other things in the, in the surrounding area had been working out for me that I'd, um, found some additional work translating for, for a company and they were, they were willing to work with me potentially, even if I wasn't directly in the area, but, but it worked out that it's like, I think, I think this is a right spot for me to be. Being and I, I knew, knew the coach. I liked the coach, and I wanted to continue playing for him. Um, 
yeah, it just seemed like the right right decision at the time. And yeah. definitely has proven to be so Good. since then. Yeah. And I've I got to meet the team last night and tonight and it just you it seems like there's an amazing chemistry this season with who you have and I mean they're all extremely yeah. friendly and like it gels well even though there's lots of different languages out there and I mean what would you say the primary language of the team is right now? Uh, since the two new girls came it's now English. Oh it is. Before then it was German um, because we only had two two foreigners that didn't speak German on the team before mm-hmm. then and they both understood at least when it came to training yeah. they understood it and uh, but now with four that don't speak it hmm at least among the girls, it's mostly English. Okay. Although, at times, it, we speak German, and then I get to translate. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, actually, that's a great segue. I was going to ask about, I mean, not only did you move to a different country across the ocean without really meaning to in the first place. I'm sure you packed for two weeks, and then... I packed was... for three months, maybe, but... Okay. But, yeah. Maybe. And then it's, but it's kind of... But not where I was going to be. Yeah, of course. But like, and then yeah, you've you've acquired a new language. You definitely know the culture really well, um, and it seems like you fit in. But I mean, that has to be its own challenge in and of itself to to kind of acclimate to a new hmm. culture. Yeah. How has that been for you? Well, I knew even before I came over, as I had been shown in college and stuff like that. I, I loved, I liked learning languages, and just being who I am, knowing, like, going somewhere into a foreign country, I would want to, want to learn the language, want to learn the culture, want to experience it, and not just be seen, maybe... An observer, yeah, picture, tourist like, person. Seeing what I've seen in pictures, but live for myself, but not really experiencing yeah. it at all. And, um, so I knew regardless of where I ended up, I wanted to learn, learn the language, um, and so it worked out really well my first year in Aachen. Uh, we were not training as as often as we are now. It, it was still they were still in a transitional phase of what what does it take to be first league? And the league itself was in a developmental phase. It's become more professional and more and a stronger league in the five years that I've been here. Um, but so that year it worked out. I was able to take two classes at like the adult high school, or the equivalent of the adult high school, okay. um, for to learn German, and the club was able to set it up for me, and so then four, I went four times a week in the morning for an hour and a half each time wow. to this class, yeah, and uh, then I did on my own, too, when I had free time, listen to podcasts, or listen, search things out on the internet of how do I, how do you say this in German, and how do you do that, and learning, learning German, and uh, once I once I'd gotten sort of a foothold, I was always listening. We had quite a few Germans on the team that year, and so I was always be with them. And I tell them, no, don't speak English with mm. me. I want I want you to speak German. Yeah. And then clue me in later on on like what the topic is, but <laughs> yeah, <give laughs> but I want to hear it. Yeah, yeah, but the listening is yeah. a big part of it. And once once I had an idea of what they were talking about, I found it very easy to to understand at least the gist of. Yeah. what they were saying hmm. and, uh, so I spent probably about six months just listening and then slowly started speaking, speaking it as well yeah and uh, went to the library and got found children's books or books that I children's books that I remembered 
Oh, okay. Yeah. From, That's a good idea. Yeah, that I'd read, and so I would read those, and yeah. I love that. Yeah. Any any side tangent that you could make fit, you would use and all the time leverage. Yeah, yeah. And that's I think for anyone going into a new, quote unquote culture, whether it's a business culture or a family culture or a team or a country. I mean, a lot of it is, is taking the time to listen, yeah. and and kind of understand, the ins and outs of of how that works and pick up, you know, every community has its own culture. So it's interesting to see how that, yeah. translates. And I. I didn't want to be just bound with English. Yeah. Like, yes, in Aachen it was a student community in West Germany, so many, many people spoke English, mm. but it would drive me mad. It still drives me mad when I could speak German with them and we'll have a conversation, and then as soon as they find out I'm an American, they switch to English. Oh, interesting. And I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> Why did you switch? <laughs> Hmm. Um, although, I mean, I do understand that they want to practice their English, Just too. like you, yeah. yeah. But I do, um, I don't know, I, I like being able to speak the language. And yeah. It and opens up a lot of doors. It does. And I have a feeling you've had a pretty deep, a deeper experience because you've taken the time to, to dive in that way. It is. And it, it's made me appreciate, I very, I appreciate having been in both the situation where I can't read signs, I don't know how to get around, I don't know how to speak to anybody, um, and then having it feel very, uh, having been traveling in other countries where that's the case, and then coming back here, and it's like, I'm at home, I can understand things, I know how it works, Yeah. I know the system. Yeah, that um, is a good, a yeah. good feeling, I imagine, and I'm, I took the train here yesterday, and all I was doing, I felt like a kid, like a kindergartner again, because I was just looking at words on my ticket and seeing if the letters matched the letters on the sign. <laughs> if they did, I was like, okay, I'll take this train. But I'm sure, I'm sure that's been a beautiful kind of transformation yeah. within. Yeah, you said six months or a year yeah. to go from ground zero, don't understand anything, to very fluent to, and capable. And yeah, speaking, reading, writing, reading normal books. Wow. That was a funny thing. I was in Croatia for two weeks and had already read all of the reading material that I'd brought with me. And I still had another week of <laughs> vacation there. And uh, yeah, surprise, surprise, I know. Yeah. But um, went to a bookstore to see just what the heck I could find. And the, ger the books in German outnumbered the books in English there. And so I happened to find a German book or a German translation of an author that I had enjoyed reading in English, but it was a book that I didn't know. Hmm. Normal, normal thriller book. Yeah. So I was like, okay. Picked it up, read it for the week, and uh, it's like, oh, it, I can read it. I guess I can read. I guess <laughs> yeah. I'm capable. And since then, That's um, awesome. uh, yeah, I was reading normal, every the books that I would read in English, also in German. And, that's, yeah. that's really fun. Wow. That's, that says a lot. And, um, and I'm sure, I mean, what what seems like this has been a step-by-step -step process, I think for a lot of people just conceiving of moving to a new country, going after the sport, all, like, that seems like a huge risk, I'm sure, to a lot of people in a, an industry that seems kind of, you know, we see so many people try to make it in the minor leagues or whatever mm -hmm. and fall short, but um, it's, it's really neat to see how the hard work that you've been doing since I've known you has created... A beautiful platform for you to 
to use to be over here. Um, what do you, I don't want to run out of time here, but um, what do you do when you're not playing volleyball? golf? <laughs> I'm sure, I mean, it can't, you can't play all the time. True. I'm sure you, maybe you'd like to. <laughs> yeah. Um, I enjoy hanging out with the other, the girls on the team. We go into the city. We are into the town. <laughs> city is a relative city. term here. <laughs> um, but we like to go in and hang out at one of our cafes, or I enjoy being by myself at home reading. Um, How many yeah. books would you say are on your Kindle right now? A few hundred. Maybe more than just a few hundred. <laughs> <laughs> How many physical books do you have? Um, well, there's five shelves full. Okay. It's a lot. Okay. I came over with five. and <laughs> Five books? They, five books. Okay. And they multiplied. <laughs> <laughs> they had babies. Um, so that's, well, it's great, though, because yeah. you have some good time to read and you get to yeah. utilize that well, mm -hmm. it seems like. Yeah. I mean, um, I've also started helping out with a youth team here for the club, which I enjoy doing once, like, once a week. Oh, but, cool. Yeah, just coaching them, and it's been very cool to see because I hadn't really experienced how do you coach such young kids in volleyball because how I started are they they're roughly? uh like nine okay eight maybe okay yeah and I didn't start with volleyball until I was 12 or so hmm. yeah so yeah how do you teach how do you teach a little advanced kid? topics or yeah coordination strength all of those things that 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 four years difference makes a big difference. Yeah. What would you say, yeah, when you're coaching baby beginners, what do you even focus on with those? I think the biggest focus there is just general athletic skills. Okay. You have to work on running, throwing, catching, coordination. Where am I in comparison with the ball? How do I move? Not run into people yeah. when I'm looking up. Yeah. How do I go to a ball and not run away from a ball? Mm. <laughs> it's true, though. Yeah. That's, we have to learn that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's true. Hmm. And, and then it goes, it builds from there. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's great, though. You get to work with, you get to yeah. still do volleyball, but then give it back. And you, you don't get, do you get paid for that? No. 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 That's, that's fun, but, though. Yeah. And, I mean, you've been coaching, you coached down in St. Louis on your yeah. off time too yeah. in so college. I've been coaching since college. Yeah. And I would coach high school camps, summer camps. And okay. I love doing that too in summer. Yeah. What do you like about coaching versus playing? I think I like seeing, I like seeing when it clicks. Mm. And to be able to share in that, in that success. And also just being able to share the joy and the love of playing, a, playing volleyball. And volleyball is such a cool sport because you play it and you meet up with people and there's not the rivalry that you get maybe with soccer or with mm. um, some of the other big sports where, like, here the fans, they have fan friendships, they call them, rather than fan rivalries. Oh, cool. And so they travel and they, they even make, they've made shawls that are like half of one club and half ah. of the other club to celebrate that friendship. That's really neat. And they go and they hang out and they'll they'll party together after the match regardless of what the outcome was and wow so it's just like that or like I coach in Turkey I coach um beach volleyball at a camp in Turkey um right after our season ends and these are just random people that come on vacation and want to play volleyball together <laughs> and sometimes they come with friends sometimes they come with just family and then they meet up with people oh and gosh that's awesome it's we just have 
such a fun time together. Yeah. And being able to share that and to to share that love of the joy that is, is the sport of volleyball. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a theme, I think. But I, I think that has power, too, when it's not about you. It's not about building your ego, because I would say you were one of the most humble people I know when you were one of the most talented people I know. But I think that's a huge part of it is is looking outward, and that's what really has fuel that has like momentum versus a self-fulfillment like Mm -hmm. it's all about me focus so that's that's really neat um who who inspires you a lot of people inspire me I, i i get inspiration from many different sources um and it depends a little bit on who happens to be there at the time i've always been inspired by my um by a couple of my coaches Hmm. um my high school basketball coach played a big role and then my college volleyball coach has and we stay in contact and um i love all the time that i get to spend with her yeah she's she's amazing yeah yeah Um, i get a lot of inspiration too from things that i read um whether it's online even just looking up quotes uh quote of the day is sometimes a fun thing to look up yeah um, or reading, reading articles, reading, reading books, hmm. sports related, not sports related, any and all, anything. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. There's so much out there. Um, this is another one that I've noticed in my journey to have a group of people who are kind of supporting me. I've started calling it my nucleus of support, um, especially when I was launching my first book. But do you, do you have a nucleus of support? Whether it's people or like a resource that you use or when times are tough like what do you who do you turn to like how do you get through some of your darker moments um my mom would definitely have to be on that list um I don't always turn to her but there's definitely a lot of times where I very very much appreciate her support and uh even if it's just a quick quick message quick email saying I love you or things I'm thinking about you. Yeah. And, uh, to know that. To know that that's there. Um, I turn a lot to to articles and books and as well in that time. Okay. You know. Yeah. Um, and also, I mean, it depends when I'm when I'm avail- around certain like a lot of my friends from from college, my close friends. If I can spend time with them. I always take something away from that that cool. that then serves a lot. And there's conversations or quotes that they've given me or things that they've written before said or something like that that maybe they gave them to me five years ago or mm. even longer. Yeah. But I have them with me and I and that I just, even just looking at those and knowing I I can still feel their support mm. through that. Oh, that's neat. Um, so you definitely carry that with yeah. you, and that's that's really neat. Um, what would I mean just for fun? What's what's something about you that people might not know about you that'd be fun to know? <laughs> hmm. Well, something fun that I never would have expected is that we had. I've had a poster of me, like huge, over life size poster of me that's been auctioned off I've had jerseys auctioned off that's and people have actually paid money for it <laughs> like, what? 
that would be kind of surreal. Be like, I sweat in that. You really? Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> That's really awesome. That? Okay. That's. <laughs> yeah. And I know I've saw I saw a photo on your Facebook that showed a a picture of your face on the side of a bus. Or I mean, yeah. I guess your whole. Was yeah. it you and a couple teammates? There's a whole it? teammate. A whole team was on that in different. But that would be pretty surreal, I think, to see yourself yeah. on the side of a bus. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Well, that's fun. I mean, to go from the girl who wouldn't even call for the ball <laughs> to, and now, I mean, you're in calendars and on buses, and I mean, it's definitely been kind of a, a ride of your life thing. Yeah. Do you think you'll play for a long time going forward, or do you have any thought about the I've, future? I've always taken it one year at a time. That's pretty much just, it seemed like a good, safe measurement. I was like... One year, okay. And then at the end of the year we can reevaluate. Yeah. But I've also never, I, I don't know, I feel like I want to play so as long as it's fun and as long as I'm able to. So as long as I'm loving it and that's the case at the moment, so I can yeah. keep doing that, yeah. yeah. And uh, at the moment those are my priorities and we'll see how long that goes and if it, and once those priorities change then there'll be time to move on. Yeah. Whether that's in two years or in five years or who knows. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> you always have computer science to fall back on. Yeah. So <laughs> you have options among many. But that's, I think that's great. And, you know, for each chapter of life, you know, you're open to whatever comes up and whatever fits yeah. the need. But one year is definitely doable, and I love that. As long as I'm still enjoying it. Um... Well, yeah, let's, um, what are, what are you most grateful for right now? I'm very grateful for the sense of peace and satisfaction that I've found this year. Um, even with all of the, the chaos and, but it's been a really good lesson in trust and a very good lesson in just knowing that that peace can be there regardless of what the circumstances say. Hmm. Um, so that's certainly something that I'm grateful for. Um, it's been an amazing five years. <laughs> yeah. That's con a journey that keeps continuing. And it's almost it's mind-boggling to think back because it has become very normal. Like It's normal life to me. Yeah. And to think back to to five years ago and not having any idea what I was doing and <laughs> where I was going to end up. It's um, amazing. There's a lot to be grateful for. Oh my gosh. Things working out. I've had nothing but good experiences over here. Um, and I've had, I've had friends, I've known people that have come over here, tried it, and uh, for whatever reason it didn't work out for them. Hmm. Um, whether it was, happened to be that they whatever reason their experience was different than mine and so I'm very grateful for for the clubs that I've been in um, for that experience that it's always been a very harmonious one it's always been just fabulous all the needs that I've had all the needs that I had were always met um, and that's all that's yeah. all I needed. That's all I, <laughs> that's all I could really ask yeah. for. Yeah, um, and that's I think that's good too. To I mean, it's not that you had. There's a difference between need and want, and to be able to be happy with exactly what you need, 
and to still do what you love and also expect growth, you know, mm-hmm. in your life. But it sounds like it's been a very, uh, what's the word, just well-rounded experience in terms of how it's all kind of one step after another after mm-hmm. another. <laughs> so that's really neat. Well, I'm, I'm continually amazed and impressed, <laughs> and I acknowledge you for just for taking that leap, for going after it, for making it happen, because that's not something that everyone does, and it inspires me. I'm sure it inspires a lot of people. I mean, sports are not sports-related. Um, and just, it's been really fun to see you continue on this trajectory, and um, I remember thinking of you, actually, when I was quitting my job, and being like, I'm going after my volleyball, that, you know, equivalent of what you were doing. Um, so it's been really fun to see see it continue to grow and now you can go back I've seen you going back to our our college and coach there and getting to impact those you know young players and so many people so it's your ripple effect is is what's the word um compounding so it's pretty neat to see um and as the last question what is your definition of living your dance I think it's finding that activity or thing or whatever that just fills you with joy. And with that joy comes a sense of peace. And finding those two things combined, and, and it's love is in there as well. <laughs> um, yeah, you, it's you wrapped up somehow. Can't, you can't separate those. Mm. Um, but just finding that that thing and it just bubbles out of you like it can't be contained it shows in how you do it 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 shows in how in the excitement for it it shows in the in the desire to do it and you just it's a it's a light that you just can't can't hide everybody around you will see it and you just can't imagine <laughs> not doing it yeah Oh, I love it. You're totally living your dance. Yes. Well, Christina, thank you so much for taking the time to tell me all your stories and <laughs> what's, how it's kind of unfolded for you. Um, this has been such a fun visit, so I'm really grateful it's worked out. I've enjoyed it, too. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, there you have it. Thanks again for listening and be sure to like, share, and comment on the podcast or around social media. Hashtag live your dance and look forward to more episodes coming your way. Have a great day and be sure to live your dance.